Welcome to the Fine of Things. I'm Lisa, and this is Wes. Hadley Ho, everybody. I guess he's in a good mood today. He's Always. some kind of mood. Always. And we are podcasting from the Cigar Lounge in Akron, Ohio. Today's topic Beautiful is, Akron, Ohio. It is pretty beautiful today. Today's topic is power. Power. So. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. Every, some people just have to have it. And a lot of people don't. Most people don't. That's yeah. A, that's a fair statement. Most people don't. I am enjoying uh, a Zulu. Oh. That's handmade. I don't know if I've even heard of that one. By George Rico. Let me see the label. Very uh, Zulu-esque. I have never seen that label before. It's a uh, Nicaraguan wrapper and filler. Delicious. We've got a uh, Glen. Oh. Glenn Dronick. Glenn Dronick 12. I I looked because I knew he wouldn't remember. <laughs> Lisa has to remember <laughs> what I'm oh, Because I look at the bottle, I see the bottle, it goes into my mind. And then as soon as I look at her, gone. He's like, uh... is it amber-colored liquid? Yeah. Great. Great. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. It's just obviously it's that kind of uh, afternoon. I mean, I, my brain just doesn't have the power. So that's okay. We'll get you there. What do you, you smoke it? My cigar is a Camacho. Camacho. They're a pretty well known brand. Mm-hmm. I got the orange wrapper, and that's um, good. I have a Dalyane sixteen. Okay. I picked up this bottle in Scotland. It's pretty good. It's got like a badger or something on the label. Yeah, I've got a twelve, and it's tastes like a. A 12. It's got a little yeah. bite to it. A little bite to it. Okay. But other than that, it rolls over the tongue and gives you very good notes. And remember, guys, I'm going to Scotland again really soon. So if you've got very any soon. questions, you want me to go find out about a particular scotch, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Intricate Girl on Instagram. Send me your questions. I'm happy to go do research and learn things. She is ready and ready to go. She's looking uh, forward to it. Let's not be uh, really let's not know each other here. I mean, let's be intellectually honest. So power. Power. Comes in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. All forms. So I brought up this topic maybe a week or two ago with Wes, and I had had a realization before that. What was the realization? Every source of stress that I've ever experienced has been because I felt powerless. Powerless. If you can get rid of that powerless feeling, if you can get some kind of control over your situation, the stress goes away because you're controlling what's happening. That's to you. That's to me. Right. So I think that's to a lot of people. I think this is kind of a key insight to a lot of people. Get some power and you feel powerful. Well, yeah, I mean, the true test of a person's character is give them an ounce of power and mm-hmm. see what they do with it, and then they'll, uh, you know, either mess it up royally, right. or they'll uh, surprise you, because that's really how it goes. Then, as far as being powerless, I mean, there is a power within that. I mean, as... There can be. Yeah, because if you've resigned yourself, which... That's where the power comes from. Right. If you've resigned yourself. If you've resigned if because you've accepted it. You've taken that power. Well, and, and that's that's in that powerlessness because there's right. some things you you know that you can't control. Right, and, and that you... was kind of all part of the realization. I had a situation going on where I felt like someone was trying to take advantage of me, and I stopped and I was like, "Why am I so stressed out about this? I have a position of power here. Why is this bugging me?" And it was because I felt like. Like I said, they were trying to take advantage of me. And the more I thought about it, I You're realized I don't have to bend myself to another person's will and make them happy just because they're trying to play games. I I just stand like a rock in the stream. I'm not going to be moved. Go around me. And Was this a personal relationship context or a business relationship context? Ex-husband relationship. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that's a personal relationship. Not anymore, thank well. you, Jesus. <laughs> and so, you know, after I thought about it even more, I realized, you know what? 
I don't have any power here. This actually isn't about me at all. I don't have to move here. I don't have to make anybody happy, but this isn't my problem to fix. It's, it's not on either one of us. And he's feeling stressed out and he's trying to play these games because he feels powerless. Right, and you've got the you problems and me problems. Yeah, yeah. And, and this so, is not a me problem at this point, the you problem. And so it kind of came down to assessing, is there anything I can do about this to change it? I mean, sort of. But when I realized this is not my problem, I don't need to change it. It's not my thing to fix. Well, and that's that's key, especially when, I mean, power, there's also vested in authority figures. I mean, the concept, right. of, you know, we're... As indicated, we're both lawyers, so we deal with judges who are invested with a, mm-hmm. the authority of power. Uh, they do have that, and we I interact with police officers in the government. Right. They're invested with societal power, and that's you know also an example of how you can ascertain and determine somebody's character in that regard and how they act in that sure. in certain situations. So I mean, sure. you've got that, those are traditional concepts. You know, you've got very other non-traditional concepts because you've got Especially in this day and age, the power of one over one's personal autonomy is massive. Yeah. Because you can change everything you want to change about you if you want to change anything. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge responsibility. Right. I mean, I've been binge watching my 600 pound life, and you've got Ooh. these individuals that are super morbidly obese, and they always walk in there and. The doctor always tells them, I need you to lose this much weight before you're even considered for surgery. Surgery is right. not a magic pill. you got, you got to change your mind or nothing's going to happen. Or we're coming right back. Yeah. And it's not going to be easy and maybe not even possible to do it a second time. So you got to get it right the first time. And every one of them, they're like, great, I can absolutely lose 40 pounds in one month. That's a, that's a hard... And that they go home and they eat the same stuff they've been eating, and they put on weight, and they're just shocked. What? Why is this happening? I mean, you got to make the changes within you, and that's so difficult. Well, it's self power. It is. And the master one style is truly, truly powerful. And once you get it, I mean, they're really nailing it. Once it sinks in, you can tell the ones that are successful and they're going to stay that way because. They figured out how to get that self-power. Well, it's empowering, I would agree. And, I mean, the definition of power is much like everything else. It's very elusive. It's an intangible. Well, actually, I have the definition of power. I wrote it down. Awesome. Um, Merriam-Webster gives a bunch of different definitions, but the ones that I think fit the best. The ability to act or produce an effect, possession of control, authority, or influence over others, physical might. Might makes right. Whether that's right or not. <laughs> that is America's way. It's true. <laughs> Might makes it right. It really is America. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, to produce an effect. I mean, that's pretty interesting because how do you produce an effect? I mean, the colloquialism that I would use is moving the pieces on the chessboard. Sure. Getting people, getting other people to act in a certain way or in a certain fashion. And that's an effect, right? So you... You've got a chessboard of life or a situation right. that you've got to analyze, and what are all the different moves, and how do you produce the desired result, and what is the desired result? Right. Because that's usually the hardest part, is to have a clearly identified goal. Yeah, absolutely. So to dive a little bit more into that, I mean, chess itself, it's it's like a game of a battlefield. You're going to move these pieces, and... Each one has a particular role when you're sitting there as the king directing them. Chess is all about power. That's the whole idea of it. And the lowly pawn can move all the way across the board and become a very, very powerful. And be promoted. Yeah. And arguably speaking, it is the most egalitarian of the games because the most powerful piece on a chessboard is a queen. Yep. (laughs) Yes, it is. And uh, chess has been a game for thousands of years uh, a little while <laughs> so the uh whole anyway it'll get, that'll be a different topic for a different day but uh yeah and so and everybody starts in the same position and you've got right. a lot of argument of you know some people may start in different positions but uh you 
are not confined to the role of pawn. I mean, pawns can be promoted, bishops, knights, rooks, or castles, depending on how you learn. Right. And then the, uh, you know, the queen or the king. The king, while almost useless in this game, is... Except not. It's vital. Uh, because it's, Vital but useless. It's vital but useless. <laughs> it can only move one, you know, if you're not familiar with chess, the king piece can move in any direction, but it can only move in one square. The exception to that is if it, the longest period that the king can move is it, if, it, if you would do what's called a castling on the queen's side. That's the only time where I believe the king gets to move three squares to the left and then the rook goes opposite. That is the farthest the king can move in one opportunity. And you have to castle, uh, I think, on the first opportunity. I think that's the rule. And so. right there is why I'm never playing chess with Wes because he would probably kick my butt. I know what? it exists. I know castling is a thing. I've heard the term before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She's never seen it. somebody recite the definition from memory. Yeah, good job. <laughs> but uh, and that's uh, because everybody faces a chessboard in life. I mean, that's mm-hmm. and the power becomes okay. In the other position of power is who are the players? Sure. Because that takes another uh, identifying quality with what power is, is because you have to identify where the piece plays. Well, you also have to know what piece you are, and I think a lot of the times people don't. I found a quote in researching for this episode. Producing. We call that producing. Yeah. I don't know who said it, but I just thought it was these great words of wisdom. When wielding power from a powerless state, we often do so poorly, and... You know, if you are sitting there thinking you've got all of the power in the situation, man, you might get knocked down. In fact, if you're powerless, you're almost certainly going to get knocked down pretty hard. Well, and that's recognizing, you know, first you've got to recognize the pieces on the, using the uh, metaphor, you've got to recognize who you are on the chessboard and how the positions move relating to you. And again, you're trying to produce a desired effect. So what is that desired effect? Is it a promotion? Is it a personal goal? Is it, you know, that kind of thing. And power is, at its core, neutral. Neither good nor bad. No, I agree. It is neutral. I agree. Uh, It can be, we can all uh, understand the concept of wielding power for evil. Right. That's a concept that we're all taught in history and have at least witnessed one occasion of someone yielding power. And right. being terrible. I'll go full spoiler alert here, but everybody's seen it at this point. The um, Marvel movie. The Avengers, is it? Okay. I, Apparently, sure, Wes I have not seen, seen the movie. I'm not interested in those movies. So that's, okay. Well, if, if it's not animated or by Disney, it's really not in my repertoire right now. You got Thanos, who is this big, huge dude, very powerful, and he comes with with the brilliant idea, the way how to save all these planets and to make it very fair, he's got to acquire these stones that give him all the power in the universe and he snaps his fingers and then instantly half the people on the planet instantly disappear. It's fair. He's not choosing. He's not saying this life is worth more than this life. It's just half of them are gone. And now there's enough resources for everybody. That idea of power itself, the power that he has, is not evil per se. He truly believes he's trying to do it for the good of everyone in the entire universe. He's not. I mean, he's yeah, the bad geno- guy. One might say mass genocide tends yeah. to be an evil use. He kind of got it wrong. Yeah, I mean. But he was trying. The power <laughs> itself to make resources available to all, okay, again, that's neutral power. He's trying to do good. He doesn't do good. Well, that gets better into the, you know, the path to hell is paved with great intentions. Oh, boy, is it ever. But, uh, yeah, and so, at least in power, so to help yourself, I mean, you want to first ascertain yourself and what you're, where you are. I mean, identify where you are and who you are and then what you want to be. And this is not the first time we've said that. Right. And that's, that'll give you an enormous amount of power because then everything becomes crystal clear. Sure. Absolutely crystal clear. I mean, 
you, there's a lot of metaphors and analogies and everything that you can use, but uh, you're just, the hardest part is, uh, and you'll change, and people do change, and it's one step at a time. Yeah. And you, you've you got to realize, okay, I may not be in a great position right now. It may right. not be great. It may not be where I want to be, but you've got a goal. Can I escape it? Can I change it? If I can change it, how do I change it? If I can't change it, how do I get comfortable with that idea? Well, and you can always change your circumstance. I mean, that's you can change your yeah, circumstance. You can't necessarily change every single thing to exactly how you want it to change. Well, that's true. Well, I want to be a millionaire by tomorrow. Can that happen? Yes. It's really unlikely. Can I accept that? Yeah. Yeah, that's I the acceptable can. risk. Yeah. And I mean, especially in the corporate context, I mean, everybody has the concept of power, your boss, your manager, your boss's boss, and everything else like that, and how they manage you or, or you manage others. I mean, that's very, very important, too, because mm-hmm. you've got to, when I say identify the pieces on the board, I mean, you've got to find out who's a creative type. Sure. I mean, creatives are, one might say the artists, uh, those are a different breed of people, uh, and everybody's brain works differently. Yeah. You know, some people are analytical. Yeah. And so an analytical person needs to be managed and different, you know, and coddled or not coddled in a mm-hmm. certain way. Whereas an artist, can, it will be very, very different. I mean, they have a lot of personality tests and sure. everything else like that on how to figure out, A, who you are, and then B, once you know who you are, at least mentally, you're ready to go. I mean, I, based upon my own experience, I am a... Uh, creative in certain areas, but very routine-oriented in others. I'm probably very similar to and, that. Right. So, I, you know, my routine gives me the safety and comfort of I know what I, I know what's going to happen next. Yep. As a, you know, cause that's really what, why children scream and everything. I mean, that's every, every toddler's, they sure. don't, they don't know what's going to happen because they don't know what's going to happen because they're toddlers. They're t- tiny little humans. And then once you figure out, okay, I am going to wake up, I am, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be fed, you know, you know, the mortgage is paid, you know, you're, you, you finally realize that these things will occur in life and then you dismiss them, not because you know you can, but because you, they become rote, they become a uh, habit. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so what's the next step? I guess that goes back to my original point is let's say you're in a situation where you're not sure the mortgage is going to get paid. It's really similar to being like a toddler. You don't know what's going to happen. It's freaking you out. You just have learned not to scream and throw a temper tantrum. Bad decisions soon come thereafter. And and that's really the, the American experience. I mean, is how does one pull oneself up by the bootstraps? I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard. What I is, have done it, and oh, God, it's hard. It's hard. But is it possible? Yep. Absolutely. I'm sitting here. Correct. So uh, that's the problem, is that everybody sees in this day and age, which, which we've talked about, the instant on and the immediate, like the Amazon uh, fulfillment of sure. <laughs> every wish and desire, uh, it takes time. I mean, the, the phrase that I've used before, and I've heard it used before, it takes 20 years to be an overnight success. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just takes time. It really does. And if you look at Sir Richard Branson, who owns the Virgin brand, you've got Virgin Airlines, you've got Virgin Experiences, Vacations. He started in record stores, and I think they still exist. I mean, he's been in everything. They've got cell phones. He failed for quite a while until one thing, I think was the record stores, just hit. And then it was great. I get, I get to play a little in these other fields that I'm also interested in. And man, he had a rough few years. Sure, well, and he put in the time. The key is the time there. And one yeah. of the things that he did was, you can it, it's experience related sure. because Virgin Atlantic is the airline, and their the way they compete is on the experience. Because mm-hmm. they can't change the number of seats, they can't change the legroom, they can't. Sure. But they can change the experience that you have when you check in. And I mean, truthfully, Virgin Airlines is the best flying experience I've ever had, bar none, by far. Because of why? Um, 
Wow, okay. It's a little bit of a long story, but I'll get into it. For my first honeymoon, we took it years after we got married. And there were passport problems. I did not know if I was going to make it. I didn't know if I was going to have a passport to make it. We're flying to London. Finally get to the airport. Kind of a big deal. Literally, I left my luggage in the car because I knew I could not run fast enough with my luggage. I thought, I'll buy clothes while I'm there. I will worry about that stuff later. Just get me on the plane. Let me get to London. This is my honeymoon. And I get to the desk to check in, and the gate's already closed. Check-in already closed. The flight had not taken off yet, but they could not put me on the flight. And I started bawling. Sure. And she said... Calm down. I told her, I can't. It's my honeymoon and I'm going to miss it. And she said, calm down. We're going to put you on the next flight. And we left the next morning. They give you a little bag full of all kinds of goodies, like socks to wear on the plane and an eye mask and lotion. And she even gave me like a $25 credit so I could spend it in the store on the plane. I got a perfume that I still have to this day. I mean, Virgin killed it, you know? Sure. Well, and that's the experience. I mean, that, that you, I'm glad you proved me right there. That's very helpful because, I mean, that was the experience because other airlines would be too bad, so sad. Oh, like, yeah. Right. I mean, deuces were out. Yep. It's not a problem. Uh, and that's just the typical uh, experience with airlines. And yeah. The check-in and the, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, that's, you know, that's the experience. Right. Part of the power. And that gives... That gives them the power over Lisa because if Lisa can fly Virgin at any time, absolutely, she's going to check that box. So that's very, very important. And you know, as far as your own, there's a lot of books and self-help books on power and everything else like mm-hmm. that. The one that's the most popular is called the, I believe, the Hundred Laws of Power, and it's a it's a book. And really, what it is is a history lesson. Sure, it's a history lesson of Chinese parables. And other historical stories uh, identifying a certain characteristic and recognize, and you're supposed to derive. It's based upon the Socratic method, which Lisa and I are familiar with. Oh, but God. given the choice of that method or just reading it, just take the reading it because yeah, do that. The, the Socratic method is <laughs> painful. Uh, painful, and it is uh, the method of teaching was invented obviously by Socrates. Yes. And what it is, it's all you ask questions. Yes. And then you're supposed to derive your lesson from the questions being asked and the answers. The problem is that you don't know, you know the general topic, but you don't know the specific rule or lesson. Right. So in the law, the way that it's used is that you read a case and then you're supposed to derive the rule from the case. Right. Well, it depends what kind of case is it. And you re- I mean, you read an awful lot of facts and then you have to distill yeah. what's valuable, what's not valuable. And then your the rule that I come up with is not the same rule that Lisa comes up with. Sure. And we're reading the same information. So that's that's the other thing. Uh, so that's very, very important. So as far as the uh, the laws of power of the book, is it, it presents these stories. in They do have chapters. And so they give you a general idea of what kind of nice. topic you're looking for in the stories. But really, part of the power comes from history. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Shakespeare and Aesop's fables and the parables of life... Um, are all they're, they're, the reason they're called the classics? Yeah, is because they're classic. Uh, they're they're true, and they've been true for thousands of years. Yep. And there's no absolutely nothing new under the sun. Everything has happened before. You just have to recognize. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute! I, this has happened before. And part of the adult experience is that you have the ability to synthesize that. Right. Because you, as an adult, can take in information. And say, okay, I've seen this situation before, or I've read about this situation before. Or and there's been something close to this situation. It's before. very analogous to what I'm feeling right now. And so you you've got this experience, and then you've got this ability to have that recall and say, okay, well, this person acted this per this way at this time because of these sets of circumstances. Right. Well, and then you think to yourself, okay, well, how will that play out in that? You know, how will that play out on the chessboard? Sure. So you play it out in your mind, and then you say, okay, is that the, is that the desired effect? Right. And that's really, that's power. I mean, that is absolute, pure, unadulterated power is when you have the ability to act in a certain way 
and you can produce the desired effect, and it almost looks effortless. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's very like sports because it's it's a meritocracy in sports. If you're really good, you get paid. Yeah. You get paid, and all the good baseball players look like they're having fun. Sure. Looks like it's really easy to do. And make it look very, very simple. Sure. Same thing with golf and basketball. They make it look very, very easy. To the effect that you see them on TV and you're like, hey, I can do that. Yeah. And then you try it and you're like, I can't do that. Right. Oh, yeah. There's been plenty of things I've done that are like that. Oh, surfing looks easy and fun. So easy and fun. Look at these guys. They're just hanging out. And you get out there and, oh, my God. Nope. My entire body is burning. I'm going to die. Hmm. On the topic of the stories, that's actually something I was going to bring up. There are different solutions you can do for when you're feeling just completely powerless. One of them is read the stories, read history, read something empowering, something to help you see, okay, somebody else had a problem, they figured it out. Maybe their situation is not the same, but I know that problems can be solved. Right, and how close is it to your situation? Right. Another is connect with other people. Just That's a sit big and deal. talk. It's huge. There is a lot of benefit to therapy. And, you know, some people kind of think there's a stigma attached to it, but, I mean... Not in this day and age. There's so much power yeah. sitting and telling somebody... Look, here's what's going on with me, and I just don't know what to do. Another thing you can do that's small and everybody can do it, do something small you've been putting off. I don't want to do the dishes. I hate doing the dishes, but I'll get in there and I'll do the dishes. Look at me. I'm a winner. I handled my problems. Check that box. Yep. I'm halfway through my uh, Zulu, getting close to the bottom third here. How is it? Staying strong, very smooth. What kind of tastes? It's, um, I want to say as far as the tastes are concerned, uh, it's medium. Medium for sure on everything. Yeah, but what flavors? What are you getting? Got a nice little dark wood. Hmm. Dark okay. wood flavor. Uh, little nuttiness. A hint. Okay. Just a hint. Sure. Uh, and I haven't had peanuts in three days. That's how I can tell it's a little nutty. Uh, and so that's what I, I would say that's what it feels like. It, go, it pairs very well with the scotch. Good. It pairs very well. The scotch is very uh, coming on smooth, again, and brings out that wood flavor. My uh, cigar is, it's... um The Camacho. Leather and pepper. My scotch is a little older than his is. It sat there four more years. and Still smooth? Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's, um... It's kind of a intense flavor for a 16-year-old. It's got more personality than you a lot of the 16-year-olds out there. Than your expectation is. It's not... It is smooth, but I mean, it's a little stronger. It's like it's kicked up to a 10. Kick this up a notch. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, in power, like I say, you know, as we've been talking about, you want to know what power is. And... One of the examples uh, that can be said is working with other people is yeah. a great uh, evidence of power. The more easier it is for you to work with other people are, I mean, it gives you the power because then everybody calls you and helps right. you. And because you're helping everybody else, it's that uh, you attract what you're trying to, the, the um, how do I want to put this? It's like you are, whatever you're putting out into the universe is coming back to you. Wow, you're a believer in the secret. So whatever the, I don't know, is that what that is called? <laughs> that is okay. what that's called. I, I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> that makes me think a little bit higher of you. Yeah, I have, uh, I've, I had some existential uh, conversations uh, about chakras the other night, which I hmm. didn't think I would have at this age in my life, but whatever. Uh, okay. So it is what it is. Uh, it, it's the attitude, and that, that gives you power as well. I mean, I at least in my career, I've been always helpful. And you have been helpful. That's how I met Wes. He was a mentor to me. He still is a mentor to me. All you have to do is say, hey, and the other thing is, one of the things we talked about early on is what gives you a lot of power, a huge amount of power, is when you walk into a room, especially in a new situation like I am, I'm walking into a new courthouse where the rules are a lot stricter 
the <laughs> rewards are a lot bigger and the pitfalls are a lot wider. And so when you walk in and say, hey, uh, my name's Wes, I need help. Yep. And you're not prickish about it. Yeah. I mean, it just opens doors. Sure. And it's and being helpful, people remember that. And then that gives you the power because then you get to pick and choose. Right. Because then you're not, everybody wants to work with you because if you're helping everybody else, and that's how you change your situation. Yeah. Does it take some time? Absolutely. Yeah. Does it take a little bit of money? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Because you may not be getting paid. I mean, I'll, I've been taking, as shocking as this may sound to some of the listeners, I <laughs> will be sitting, in some cases, I'm not getting paid for any of the work that I'm doing. Yeah. And that's okay with me because I know that there's the payoff doesn't come now. Right. It comes off later. And so that's not only the power, but the gamble. Well, even in Wes and I's personal situation, I'll ask him, I asked him today, right before we started this podcast recording, hey, I'm going to be out of town in Scotland. Can you cover a hearing for me? And he was like, absolutely. It's on the calendar. And he knows and has taken me up on it that I'll do exactly the same for him. If I'm available, yeah, I'm there. And that's how you work together as a team. And you do that with more than one person, and all of a sudden... Everything works out, and especially mm-hmm. in our legal profession. I mean, this is our profession is a people business. I mean, that's all it, it is. is. Um, and so you just try to be, you know, upfront and honest. And that if they need it, they need it. If they don't, they don't. And then you, the other thing is, you got to do your job. I mean, there's <laughs> there's that you got to do your job. So Dang it. <laughs> and that's and then the power, at least in that, and and also with your job. Like for instance, using the legal profession. I mean, as attorneys, we're cloaked in immense power. Sure. A lot of power. I mean, to give you an idea is uh, the classic ethics example that we usually get tested upon, um, and you don't have to be a lawyer, but you've seen this on TV in a million of those shows, is that what happens when the client comes in and confesses to the crime, tells you everything, where the body is buried, all the details and everything else like that. Right. I have to keep that secret. Yeah. I am charged. I've taken an oath. And this... Upsets civilians greatly, but you need to be able to be honest with your lawyer so that they know everything that's coming and they can help you with the consequences of it. And by everything. We We mean everything. (laughs) Because the other thing that I've also experienced is standing in court and a fact coming to light and going, oh, that would have been helpful information. Oh, God, I hate that. Right. I mean, and, and you sit in this in the corporate context, this is like you, you get a meeting that could have been, obviously could have been done through email. Sure. And then you go to the meeting and you're like, well, this fact is different. <laughs> this is unexpected. And then that fact, again, you recognize that fact saying, right. oh, this changes the complexion of the matter. Sure. So, and that goes with the recognition and your common experience. I mean, the power is... Uh, derived from wisdom and experience, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, because you want to learn and be always being open to learning and being wrong and working with somebody else. I've, I've found that has been my been very powerful. Oh, yeah. The chance to learn from other people is amazing because they either have more time in it or they've seen more or... Even if they haven't, they have a different perspective on it. There's been times when my law clerk came to me and said, well, what about this? And I thought, huh, that's an interesting take on that. Okay, I hadn't thought about that. Dig into it. Let's figure it out. Well, and it's and you need that perspective. I mm-hmm. mean, the power comes from perspective as well because you, a certain level of experience will give you that perspective and that perspective will say, well, why am I looking at it this problem this way? And having, because really power is derived from the ability to produce that effect. And that effect is usually the result of something inner to you, i.e. a problem or something you want to have happen. So either you've been confronted with a problem or you have a goal you want to achieve. Those are usually the two instances for which you want to uh, wield your power. Sure. And whatever that may be, whatever your goal is, determines, you know, obviously how you want to move the chess pieces. And then whatever the problem is you'd be like okay well the king is under attack check so okay and then you gotta and the other thing is you gotta take that step back take that deep breath and then be like okay let's look at this for a minute right and then that's where you can get help too and say well i think somebody else has entered this 
problem before. Right. What, what, let's, get, let's get their take on it. Right. Because, again, let's go back to that quote. When wielding power from a powerless state, we often do so poorly. Oh, all, all the time. If you can step back, take half a minute, it seems like everything is pressing on you. You have to make a decision right now. Take a minute. Think about it. Do I have any ability to control this? If not, let what's going to happen happen and get okay with the consequences. But if you do, figure out how you can control it. I will give you a real-life example that happened to me today Please. because it's, it happened today. So it worked out well. I was stuck in a court uh, for the entirety of this afternoon. And yes. I, when I say the entirety, I mean the entirety. Now, this was, uh, this was, again, this is a new court, everything else like that. And everything in this court has to be done precise. Yes. And, I mean, dots, uh, periods, and semicolons have meaning, and they are very, very important. So yes. They uh, need to be in the right place, and that's our English lesson for today. And so where the power comes in is to, I know myself, and I know that I get hangry. Sure. And when I get hungry, I get angry, and I know this. And I didn't have lunch. I didn't have lunch until way late today. No, we walked in at like 5 o'clock and Wes said, I just had lunch. And I thought, oh, you poor man. Uh, and I know this about myself. I know I get angry when I get hungry. And so I have a list of people I need to call and everything else like that. i got a list of tasks I have to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so just as Lisa had suggested, I knew myself enough to know and say, okay, i got to get gas in the car. i got to get changed. i got to eat. Okay, well, let's see what we can do here. Take a deep breath. Sure. Not the end of the world. I don't have to drive like a madman down the freeway. Could you control the situation? I could. I control the situation. Absolutely. Wonderful. So, how did you control the I situation? Took it, like I said, I just took a deep breath. I recognized what was happening because I, you know, I just I get angry. I'm just like I got to eat. I, I don't. I can't talk to people right now. I can't make these phone calls because I know. That I'm going to make these phone calls in a frame of mind where I'm going to be like, what? I mean, just an angry perspective. Right. And I can't, you can't do that. And so I solved my problems one at a time, one little problem at a time. Sure. Took care of it. And once I knew that I would eat and then I could return phone calls in the car uh, after I ate. And then I ate, made mm -hmm. those phone calls. And it was a completely different experience than had it been, it had I not made those phone calls in that regard where I would have been right. angry. And everybody knows that. Right. So let me ask you this question. Is there such a thing as too much power? Kanye West has a song called Power, and he says no one man should have all this power. It's an interesting thought. What are your feelings on it? Can one person have... Too much power. Absolutely. How so? Absolutely, because... It, Dive into it. Well, it, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I mean, that's been Shakespeare's position for... Hundreds of years now. I think it was either the Merchant of Venice or Taming of the Shrew, but that's yeah, remember, but yeah. it's one of those two. I could be wrong though, but I think it's one of those two. And you're because it depends. It all depends on your experience and why you're using the power. Because if you're used to using the power in such a way or desire getting a desired result, I mean, this is an example why we have the daytime soap operas. You always have the families that are super <laughs> wealthy, right? They always, I mean, they don't have to worry about money. Nobody ever talks about money on soap operas. And they're called soap operas because that's what they are. Okay. And the uh, the point is that you usually have a family who can control things. Sure. And they do so for the sole benefit of the family unit or the personal unit. Sure. Versus everything else. And ultimately where the drama comes in on TV is they're presented with a choice where they have to cut a person from their family for their own personal gain. Okay, so I'll give a great example. So, it's not a soap opera, but the HBO show Succession, fantastic show and great example of that. If you haven't seen it, I mean, I really encourage it. It's one of my top ten favorite shows ever, and they're only one season in. I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Well, and so that's the so I might yeah the answer to the question is yes. I think people can have too much power, and I think it's also Power is a fluid and dynamic thing. Uh, you, I have viewed some people that as having power in my youth that now I realize they didn't. Yeah. And it was merely the 
victimization of youth being that I didn't know any better. Sure. That I was assigning too much weight to a certain idea. Uh, and, you know, that's corrected usually with age and wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> and, or a good smack in the head. Let's yeah. hope it's not a smack in the head. But um, I mean, like, you might see people in your youth that, oh, this family next door, they've got a boat. They're talking about a vacation home. They take us there all the time because our kids are similar ages. And uh, it's great. They've got everything together. Man, I wish I was like them. And you fall out of touch and you realize a few years later, oh, they had a bankruptcy because they could not afford all of the trappings of this powerful, beautiful lifestyle that they wanted to present. They're keeping it. Yeah, that's an image. I mean, power does become from image, too. And that's a good good point because some people will have image as the illusion of power because there's a difference between the illusion of power and and real power. Massive difference. And not everybody can tell the difference. So I would indicate that there is a huge difference there. I mean, the classic, I mean, the typical example for power is the President of the United States. Sure. The President of the United States has, for lack of a better term, the power to end Earth. Quite so. Period. It can happen any day. You don't need approval from anybody. It push a button and away we go. That being said, That's I actually it. found a quote that applies exactly to that. We don't know exactly who said it, but it's attributed to Harry S. Truman. Um, he said, I sit here all day trying to persuade people to do the things they ought to have sense enough to do without my persuading them. That's all the powers of the president amount to. And so many presidents probably before him, and definitely since him, have said that. Trump has said, man, I didn't realize it was this much work. Yeah, there's a lot of work here. It's (laughs) it's a big job. When you get down to it, the really funny part about it is that sometimes powerful positions are actually a study on the limitations of power. If you look at the Constitution, it says... Here's these very few things that the president can do. Very few. All the rest of it. Congress. Correct. Supreme Court. It's actually the Constitution as itself is kind of a limitation in the power that the president has. And yet we think of him as being almighty and Holy crap powerful. And yet it's... You look at these guys after they've been president for eight years, and they've aged well past that eight years. Obama went in looking great, nice, healthy young guy out surfing. Dude, he's got young kids. He's cool. Still gray hair. He's got really gray hair now. Michelle's still chilling. Sure. Yeah, Clinton came out with gray hair. Bush came out with gray hair. They all do. And, you know, uh, Mr. Trump will come out with gray hair, too. No, because it'll be dyed. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's his personal choice. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, again, that's the example of powers, because you can you identify limits to it. And if you're a history buff, you'll always enjoy reading the Constitution, because it's not that big of a read. It's really not. It's sold by the, and here's a free plug, at the National Archives sell a book, which I have in my briefcase that I carry with me almost every single day. And uh, I learned it from a law professor. And I, and, I, and now with the, the uh, internet age, I have an app on my iPad and my phone. Yeah. That is the United States Constitution. So when I was I, in law school, they gave us a little bitty pocket copy pocket of Constitution. the Constitution. It and fits, constitutional law. Right. It fits in your pocket. Let's just it really it. does. <laughs> just right there. Uh, and, and we think about power and then how it's delineated because... Again, using our government as an all-powerful thing, which it can be. There is a great amount of power invested in our federal government. And then you realize how that power was received and taken and established. Then you're like, okay, so this is the origin of power. Mm -hmm. And so once you know the origin of power, okay, so how do we generate the power? And just like government, you can destroy power. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can, the beautiful thing about, at least in the state of Ohio, other states don't have this a power, but the state constitution in Ohio permits the citizenry to do, eliminate any form of government. Really? So it, there is a, uh, now Ohio's constitution is much larger than the federal constitution, uh, but the state of Ohio is, is probably 75, 80 pages of, of text because we 
change our constitution so much. But as should happen, there should be a lot more control on a smaller level. Cities are going to have their own ordinances and that sort of thing. And sure, city won't have a constitution, but that's kind of their version of it. Of a charter. Yeah. Usually the city or township will have a charter. That's usually how they do it, at least in this state. And at least in the state of Ohio, though, and this has happened where the city or the uh, people in the city will say, you know what, we don't want this person or this position to exist anymore. And they'll just. Wow. And they'll petition. I did not know and that. And they can change it. And boom, it's done. It's gone. Now, huh. you know, obviously, there'll be legal challenges and everything else like that. But by and large, if, for instance, the citizens of the state of Ohio said, we don't want to be taxed, they could, we could make a petition and I eliminate. I mean, other states have done it. Correct. We could eliminate the Ohio Department of Income Tax. Sure. Which we could do. It happens. Can and we get rid of the governor? I'm not saying we should. We I mean, change, making no comment. Can we get we rid can of eliminate, the government? Well, in Wisconsin, I mean, this is a good. It's a good. It's a good uh, history lesson here because the uh, state of Wisconsin, prior to the Democratic, excuse me, the Democrat governor taking office, the state, their state legislature eliminated all the powers of the governor, making it merely a figurehead. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so. Their courts are going to have to figure this out, whether or not that's constitutional from the legislation perspective. Sure. But could, in, at least in Ohio, that we could eliminate power of our the people that govern us because we, at least from a long time ago, have decided that you can only govern with the consent of governed, of those who are governed, i.e., if you want me sure. to govern you, well, you have to give me your permission. Which that's, is one of the how it works. beautiful things about the United States. That's kind of the... The power. I would say maybe that's the whole... That is the United States. That that's we, what we formed it on. Correct. You, we, And every time you vote, everybody is trying to convince you to vote for them and give you... You'll give you... To give you... Excuse me. You're giving them... Yes. Your consent to govern. Yes. And that's what a vote is. You're saying, listen... Lisa, I'm voting for you because I'm okay with you governing me. And I'm going to throw this radical thought out there. And that's power. Oh, sure it is. I'm going to throw this radical thought out there. I hear plenty of people say that, well, if you don't vote, you don't get a right to complain. Um, Yeah, you do. Your absence of a vote is you're not giving consent. You get to complain. That's the beauty of the First Amendment. I encourage you to vote. I hope you vote. But I'm in that camp. You gotta vote. If you don't vote, you can't complain. That's my camp. You, you get to complain because the First Amendment nope. says so. <laughs> I yeah. I, I don't want to hear it. Right, yeah. Like, I don't vote, have no, to okay. listen yeah. to it, but and that's fine. I mean, you get to. Yeah, my position I would use voting um, in power if I was in power, if I had the power of, you know, a magical wish. Sure. And it was Wes's state for a day or Wes's world for a day. Uh, I would say that I would make I would make voting a requirement. It would be a national holiday, and you'd have to vote. However, you could go to the polling station and you could check in with your name and then just tear up your vote. Sure. You don't have to cast. Abstain. You could. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. My point is that you have to show up because two things happen. One, it's like a mini census because we mm. have to take a census every ten years, and that's really important because that's how the government funding is made. And two, it you get a day off. You have the day off. And I just I see enforceability you know, problems. Oh, I'm not that. like I said. This is a perfect world, and we okay. do not live in a perfect world. I readily admit that there are holes in this theory. Got it. Okay. <laughs> readily admit that there are holes in the theory, but I mean that's power. I mean having to move the chess pieces, and the other thing is, you, in this day and age, we're all woke now. Um, you want to make sure that you move those pieces. Recognizing that person, you're there is making the choice. Sure, you're not manipulating them into the choice, even though history sure. may suggest that uh, manipulation may have occurred. Right. So that's you know where we're at. So Wes, tell me a good thing that happened to you. Good thing happened to me is I took a vacation and it was everything I thought it, everything I thought it could be and more. Oh, good. Everything I thought it could be and more. That was a good thing that happened to me. Nice. How about you, Lisa? Mine's a little darker. Hang with me. I had... Gonna take a circle here. It will. It's a long A road. big circle. Right. And it goes way down. Um, 
I had my son here in town, and it was the day before he was leaving to go overseas for like three or four years. Good kid. We met him. And we went to the zoo. I had never been to the Cleveland Zoo, and he's like, yeah, let's go. So we're walking around. I get a text from my ex-husband, and he said, hey, have you kept in touch with Lyndon? Now, Lyndon was the first... He was the best man at my first wedding. Really good friends with him. We took vacations with this guy. I mean, like, regularly. Even after he lived in Oklahoma, we moved to Nebraska, we would still drive eight hours and then head to Texas with him or just hang out with him. And I love this guy. I told my ex, not really. Why? What's going on? And he said, we lost him last night. Apparently, and I'm going to try and not tear up here. we got to get to the good thing here. We are. Um, he had a pulmonary embolism, they uh. think, and it just, I mean, so sudden. They took him to the hospital because he wasn't breathing very well, and two hours later, he was gone. Pulmonary embolisms are just That's a, thing. a beast. Sure. It's like a Anyway. Blood clot that yeah. breaks off and blocks some important things from happening that you so need to live. The good thing is that, man, I miss him, and my life is so enriched for having known him. He was the funniest dude I have ever met by far, and just all the good times that I spent with him. Even though I'm starting to tear up, <laughs> I'm smiling. She is smiling. She it's is like tears of joy. God. It's a good thing. What a great guy. So, Lyndon, I miss you, man. Take care. Save me a place. Wherever you are, save me a place. <laughs> and that's part of being a part of the finer things. Thanks again for listening. My name is Wes. I'm Lisa. You can, again, thank you for all the contributions at our Patreon account, patreon.com slash podcast. Yeah, how do we find you? Intricate Girl on Instagram and Remember, send me those Scotland questions. You can find me at Jet Set Lawyer uh, on the Instagram. Again, we are podcasting live from the Cigar Members Only section at the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Remember, come on in, mention the finer things, and mm-hmm. receive a special surprise. All right. Bye, guys. Take care.